0: Welcome to this episode
1: of Talking Points, I'm your host Brian Kelly. Elizabeth Rutledge is the Chief Marketing Officer of American Express. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us on Talking Points.
2: Oh, really happy to be here, Brian. Thanks for having me. So wait,
1: are you a points girl? Like, do you maximize your points?
2: I love to hoard them. Oh no! And save them up.
1: <laughs> well, that's actually good. As long as you use them though. You do have a plan to use them, right? I definitely
2: have a plan to use them, but I love to save them, save them, save them, and then use them all at once, strain the bank, and then start to build it and, up again. Okay.
1: That's at least not hoarding in my opinion. Like some people have. Have this like mental thing where they just like need to have millions at all times. I mean that sounds like a smart strategy though to like take some amazing trips. So you've been at <laughs> Amex for over 14, coming on 15 years now?
2: No, actually, I've been in Amex over 25 <laughs> years.
1: <laughs> did you always know you wanted to be a CMO?
2: Absolutely not. So let me tell you a little bit about the story. I always wanted to be a doctor, and I graduated from college, thought that that's where I was going to go, and then the journey seemed daunting. And so what I did instead was taught for two years high school biology in Manhattan, and had just a great experience. I mean, so a real formative mm-hmm. time in my life, in terms of how do you get up in front of you know 39th yeah. graders hold their attention exactly for more than five minutes. So do you use
1: those same skills in your job today? You have to be definitely <laughs> a little
2: bit of an entertainer, yeah. right? You definitely do. Yeah. But it was a really great experience. And then in between summers of teaching, I actually worked at 9x, which is now Verizon. Mm-hmm and got my first taste of what marketing and advertising is all about, and then decided to uh, spend time So was that a tough
1: decision to to leave teaching?
2: It was a very tough decision, but you you have to remember, like all of us, just at the beginning, Mm -hmm. trying to figure Uh, out what what we want to do. But the minute I got a taste of marketing and advertising, then I got really excited about just understanding customer insights and customer needs, and trying to create experiences out of those. So I was at 9X for about four or five years and then got a great opportunity to Express, and have been there ever since. And
1: so what was American Express like when you first started? Like how would you describe the product and the company in general? Yeah,
2: there are a lot of common threads. And I'd start first with just what the Amex brand is all about service, security, trust. Mm -hmm. But if you flip back that long ago, we were really known much more as a T&E brand Mm -hmm. back in those days. And really proud to have been on the journey with the company in terms of really making sure that we had products and services for those travel moments but for those everyday moments as mm-hmm. well. So I think that's you know where we've transitioned.
1: So the first role at Amex was which division of the company?
2: I was in the consumer division mm-hmm. when I first started and the really cool thing about my journey is I've pretty much had kind of every role that you can yeah. possibly imagine. I was fortunate enough to kind of lead our iconic charge card portfolio. I've been responsible for some of the biggest partner negotiations yeah. as well as creating a whole merchant offers mm-hmm. ecosystem that is really powered by machine learning and matching our customers with great merchant offers so I've really done a lot, mm-hmm. um, and what's been really great about that is I've seen both the business segment and the personal or the consumer segment, and because I know a lot of those insights and understand the customers deeply, it's really helping me in terms of making my decisions you know, here and now as a CMO.
1: What is your role? How do you explain you know, at a dinner party what your role is as CMO of Amex?
2: So I am definitely the defender and the protector, and I think the innovator of the brand. That would be the way I would describe myself as well as probably the chief collaborator officer, Mm -hmm. just really trying to connect the dots across our enterprise in terms of making sure that we're just delivering the world's best experiences kind of every single day. And it requires a, a great team, you know, and all sorts of functions to make that happen.
1: So you've got to think about the small business customer, the consumers, what are some of those divisions within the company that a lot of people don't know about
2: a couple things that i would say when you ask that question and it's all around how i really focus on customer needs and customer segments so you mentioned already small business and obviously uh, consumers as well but another customer that i think uh, people don't sometimes realize is the merchant customer Mm -hmm. as well because we have a network business as well and i was in that division for a long time and really sort of respect And understand what those merchants are trying to do in terms of grow their business and we Mm want to be there right with them in terms of how we can help them as well as they certainly are important for us in terms of just making sure that our card is accepted and sort Mm -hmm. of used in those locations the other customer segment really not customer segment but that I'm very focused on is our own employees Mm. because I feel really strongly that as CMO that I need to really make sure that we're delivering in terms of that backing promise that I know we'll talk more about mm-hmm. as much for our customers as for an, our employees. So I spent a lot of time thinking about how we show up as an employer brand and what we're doing in terms of the value propositions for mm-hmm. employees That's really well.
1: fascinating. How would you describe the culture? What is working at Amex like?
2: It's very much a relationship-based culture. I don't think that that would surprise mm-hmm. you because that's what the brand is, is about as well. What keeps me there every day are just the great people, incredibly thoughtful have great experiences, a diversity of uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun place to be. Yeah. It really is.
1: I would just say how remarkable the internal mobility is. I know I get emails from people saying, oh, I'm no longer going to be working you know, with the points guy in this role, but... I'm like, don't worry, because no matter what... You're going to find them.
2: I know you're going to find them, so I'm not worried about that. We we (laughs) launched our
1: business in the UK this April and meeting with the Amex teams there, I'm like, wait a minute. You were there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I think that's what's so great Mm -hmm. about the company and also great about my own personal experience in terms of having jobs that are very local in nature, having some jobs that are global in nature a variety of different functions as well. And we pride ourselves on trying to create those leadership experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, We're all about a culture of bringing along the next generation of leaders. So I think yeah. you've seen it and felt it just by your experiences that you've had at Amex. If
1: someone listening to this podcast wants to be a CMO of a major company in this day and age, like, I think people think of CMOs as you know highly creative, understanding their consumers, but so much today is data-driven. What are some of the areas that you would recommend people really brushing up on to become a really solid marketer in this day and age?
2: As you bring up just the focus on data and analytics, I think it's just so incredibly important that you understand what the new technologies are Mm -hmm. out there, whether we're talking about things from an AI and a machine learning perspective. There's such a tight linkage at American Express between our brand and our performance marketing as well. You know, I still think Time and time again, it is about those consumer insights. The other thing that I would say, though, is that there's so much happening in the industry, Mm -hmm. and we can talk a little bit about that, but a couple of different trends. The explosion of channels Mm -hmm. in terms of the way people are consuming information, and you really... Is Amex
1: on TikTok yet? Right. That's like one of the new ones. Right. Where I'm like, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm technically a millennial grasping onto that title, but <laughs> I don't even. I'm have definitely to do not that. Brian. Okay, we'll be clear With about all that. All these <laughs> channels and how they can impact your business and like changing what ROI is on a campaign. You have to really yeah.
2: just. I mean, I spend a lot of time reading, asking questions, mm-hmm. and trying to find the experts because you can't always be the expert. But you're absolutely right. Just a proliferation of channels that are out there, and you really need to understand them or find someone that can help you understand them i think the other thing is the agency model is changing Mm -hmm. like so the partners that i'm working with a lot of them are specialists there are some generalists out there and those models are changing and sort of how you partner what teams or colleagues that you put together to make a great campaign a great platform have changed dramatically because the
1: complexity of of the environment all right we're going to take a quick break right now i'll see you in a minute So you're in charge of steering the brand of one of America's most respected companies, and your newest campaign is Backing to Thrive, which actually I think kind of harkens back to the old-school message of, as you mentioned, that American Express, whether you're a business or consumer, is here to back you up. Can you talk a little bit about what Backing to Thrive means?
2: Sure. To me, as we were talking earlier, it's this powerful backing promise, and we are always, always thinking about the customers. I said the customers are the North Star for Mm -hmm. us. I feel that there are three kind of key changes that are have been going on with customers, and I think you know this really well, Brian, yourself, in terms of all the work that you are doing. One, customers are just much more global, and by the way, you can be global by just sitting in your chair and uh, have connections you know, through the Internet and can dream and aspire to travel, even if you don't sort of leave the chair, and so that interconnectedness I think is sort of really important, and we're trying to capture the spirit of that in terms of how we can back our customers in those types of moments as they're traveling, as they're discovering, as they're exploring. So that's one trend. I think the next trend is this trend all around people living hybrid lives. Mm -hmm. And while I think we've always um, had to balance kind of our work and our personal life, they're becoming so much more kind of intertwined. People don't live nine to five lives anymore. And even if we just take the example of kind of the gig economy, mm-hmm. we're going to be looking back 10 years from now and say, wow, this was a moment of work transformation as well yeah. in terms of people getting two, three paychecks yeah. all at once versus one. And so you think about that segment, or that audience, and how can we be there to help back those freelancers Mm -hmm. in their moments of trying to drive their personal brand in a business setting Mm -hmm. or even helping large corporations as they think about their workforce and what kinds Mm -hmm. of services um, that they need. So there's so much there in terms of what's going on in those blended and integrated lives. And, And I think that there's so many products and services that we have that help with that. And then the last thing that I also know that you mention and talk about quite a bit is I think it's all about experiences, not mm-hmm. products. Yeah, and I don't think that that's just a millennial insight. Yeah. I think we all care yeah. about experiences. I, I, I know. I'm so ready
1: to throw out the whole millennials or the experience generation. Like people have lived in, through experiences and travel, you know, since since humans were created. You know, like that's I think as a as a species, like it's all about experience. But specifically, I mean, I think American Express has gone in a crowded marketplace in the U.S. specifically, like lots of different issuers out there and products and networks, but. You know American Express with Centurion lounges, with festival activations, with not just here's a pre-sale code, but like here's, you know, you know, at Coachella, I personally always go to the Platinum house, which is just cool. And it's a card member only experience. You don't need to pay. You know, the Centurion lounges I love because you can bring a friend and we're not going to get nickel and dimed. Like it, you feel protected with Amex. I think off the bat, backing to Thrive almost seems like, oh, is that made for small businesses? But it actually, that's a consumer-focused statement as Uh, well, uh, right?
2: Absolutely. And just so we can link into from a consumer perspective, because I think that's a great point. I mean, this is all about what do you care about, Brian? Mm -hmm. What's important to you? And I just want to make sure that I or we, American Express, can provide those great benefits and Mm -hmm. services to help you in terms of if you love to travel. I want to make sure that we're there helping you, again, both in terms of that explore and discover And then actually, as you mentioned, in terms of some of the great events and experiences, that I think oftentimes those are either once in a lifetime or Mm -hmm. sometimes they can be kind of on an annual basis. I'm also very focused on those everyday moments and those everyday experiences. And let me tell you what I mean a little bit about that. And I'll give Mm -hmm. you an example just of what happened uh, to me recently. I got a charge on my Amex statement and I realized right away it was not me. Someone had gone to a... Uh, Wrong
1: person to, to defraud. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fraud
2: uh, someone had uh, used my card and spent quite a bit of money in a lingerie department of uh, a retailer. I certainly was not there uh-huh. at that moment doing that. But what was really great from an American Express perspective is just immediately getting mm-hmm. a text is this you yep. is this your transaction and the ability to know that Amex had my back yep. in that moment and just with a quick text back I can say no that wasn't me yep. and I know that they have my back so as much as we were talking about those experiences at Coachella yeah. I think that those everyday moments yeah
1: people understand that yeah i mean uh, and look we're called the points guy but uh, you know perks and benefits can way outweigh points you know when you think big picture I had a similar experience. Well, actually, this one's all my fault, actually not. But I bought a Montclair jacket. We were filming in Iceland, and I left it in a frenzy. And I didn't realize that it was gone. And Amex on my platinum card complete, you know, instantly took it off. And we've had so many instances with our points pups in the office. Uh, <laughs> one of them has a, a liking for expensive eyewear. And Amex actually was really amazing with that. So, And that's actually something because American Express, actually, you guys own that feature. You, you know, a lot of card companies will outsource benefits. You guys take pride in owning a lot of that card member benefit, right?
2: Well, it's important that the experience to me is seamless, it's frictionless, and it's delivering value. And then most importantly, as I hear you talk about all the experiences you had, it's created emotional connection for mm-hmm. you at the end of the day. And that's that's what it's all about, in, in my opinion, those rational connections, sort of leading to that loyalty, and that's the most important thing.
1: You know, kudos as a marketer, I um, I love the Lin Manuel piece. I know you guys have done a lot with him, and he's just an amazing person. But the piece about being the same old Lin, you know, that he was, and that the piece travels with him back to his barber shop, and that inspiration can strike you at any point. I actually got chills watching that one-minute spot. So if you're listening, Google American Express Lin Manuel. What was it like working with him? He
2: is an amazing brand ambassador, and he sort of demonstrates, I think, that powerful backing promise himself. Mm -hmm. And the uh, spot that you're referencing is a very personal one for for him and for me in terms of both the making of it and how it turned out. And all of the people that are featured there Mm -hmm. are part of Lynn's extended family, um, which I think is just special in and of itself in terms of what Lynn's all about. But more importantly... And I know uh, probably a lot of your listeners know about what Lynn has been doing, um, but just really a passionate advocate for Mm -hmm. small business and certainly a passionate advocate for Washington Heights and Puerto Rico. That's a special sort of bond that we have Mm -hmm. in terms of our care and sort of our nurturing of of our small businesses. So it made sense to partner with him. Um, because it's true it just lives up to our powerful backing promise and he couldn't be a better person to yeah. do something like that I,
1: you know one of the things I respect about American Express is you guys give back in so many different ways to the arts I was uh with Pharrell and Missy Elliott last year at the Brooklyn Museum that was an unbelievable event raising money for the arts you support so many amazing causes how do members give back Cause I know that's a big part of being an American Express cardholder
2: first and foremost really want to make sure that what we're doing is backing communities and backing sort of local communities in terms of what they want and you know what they need. And the other part or foundation of our efforts, aside from that backing and that localness and that community nature is, and I mentioned this earlier, Brian, is just bringing up the next generation of leaders. And that's really important. We talked about it internally within our colleague base, our employee base in terms of what we're doing from a leadership development perspective. We also do that very much externally. And I'd love to you know, give you mm-hmm. an example here in terms of Leadership Academy program that you may or may not be aware of. We just held one, and the focus was on women in music. And really, it was all about giving younger executives um, in the music industry an opportunity to meet with one another, to network with one another. Also, we provided some one-on-one coaching And a lot of sort of great speakers and presentations just ensure, particularly in an industry where, you know, women are trying to sort Mm -hmm. of uh, rise up and you don't see as many senior women leaders in that industry to sort of give them this networking opportunity, this ability to get skills and toolkits Mm -hmm. and coaching to help them along their career journey. And actually this fall, we're going to have 70 LGBTQ leaders in the nonprofit area to come in as well. And to be part of the Leadership Academy, and I just feel really strongly in terms of just trying to help this next generation of leaders.
1: As a gay entrepreneur, thank you for that. I uh, that would have been amazing when I was getting started. You know, I I am very fortunate, and you know, have had great people in my life support me, but. um, Kudos to you for that. I know it was just Pride Month. I actually, kicking myself, couldn't make your Lizzo concert Mm -hmm. for your LGBT event. But, you know, the company has an incredible commitment to diversity, but that word can mean a lot of different things to different people. How do you describe, and I know you're vocal. I'm
2: very vocal about this. I think diversity is just so vital to American Express, and it's just interwoven in our fabric and part of our culture. The way I think about it is that you need to have diverse perspectives around the table Mm -hmm. in order to make great work, in order to drive growth, and also, as we talked about, in terms of just helping communities. And so I just feel really strongly about that. I've been very vocal, particularly around women in leadership um, and really trying to be an advocate, a supporter, a mentor, and a voice wherever I can, both within American Mm -hmm. Express and outside. And then to do things like we just participated with Verizon, with Ad Fellows. And I don't know if you know a bit about the program Mm -hmm. there, um, but partnered with Diego Scotti at Verizon. And really what that program is all about is the ability to attract uh, young, diverse talent into the advertising and Mm -hmm. marketing industry. Because when you look at the percentages of diverse populations in uh, marketing and advertising, it's low and really trying to give them this great experience think about sort of like a six eight month internship Mm -hmm. and a a bunch of us companies have gotten together and they rotate around so you take a very
1: hands-on approach like let's 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 not talk about it let's actually bring people in and create the platform that's exactly right
2: and i'm very proud of Mm -hmm. participation in programs like that because um, you're absolutely right you can't just talk about yeah it. you have to or put money
1: t- towards a group that to talk more about it like let's just actually no you have
2: to take you'd have to take action and yeah. there are little and big no, things all of us can do um, that's to, I to think make it's a the, you know
1: we at the point sky I'm, I'm proud that we're 55 percent female actually that work at the point sky but you know diversity and other viewpoints and racial is difficult and in our aviation niche you know we have struggled not speaking to the right people but they are out there and until you take an active role you know you can't just say you know that we're small or people haven't applied therefore that's why we may look a certain way and we've really in the last year taken efforts to open up go to um you know the national association of black journalists and we now have this huge pipeline of really rich amazing talent i mean it is good for business you know having those different viewpoints at your company so Thank you for, uh, you know, your commitment to that. I know you're also on the board of the YMCA in Greater New York. Oh,
2: it's a special place. I've been on the board, actually, I think it's now six, seven years. feel just very passionate um, about that organization. And, you know, you'll see a running theme in terms of both what I feel strongly about at work and what I feel strongly about outside of work. The Y, I think, is just a great place for young kids who may not have other opportunities, both to see um, mentors and advocates and to help them both in terms of their leadership skills, help them as they take one step in front of another in terms of their journey through school and helping them get into college. There's so many just... Really great things about the why and also I just think it's just local community mm-hmm. and people f- feeling very special and bonded by where they live and the commonality I they share. There more important
1: than ever in this social media age. I think there's something amazing, obviously running a digital business about the digital world, but also like I think it's important that we give local communities a place to come together and a place to network.
2: It's all about those human connections. Yeah. At the and end we can't of the day, not about that. No, like, totally. No there's no amount of AI or data
1: yeah. or that is going to replace that. You're the CMO of Amex. Just I have to know which Amex card or cards do you use the most? What's top of wallet for Elizabeth Rutledge? Well, of course they
2: have to be American Express cards, and they're two. They are platinum. (laughs) <laughs> so for personal, you use Platinum.
1: Yes, yeah. and love it, love yeah.
2: it, love it. Um, and they're Platinum Corporate. And
1: and which of the Platinum, so you must love Centurion Lounges. Do you have a favorite Centurion Lounge that you visited so far?
2: Near and Dear to My Heart is the first one we opened in LaGuardia. And yeah. I was there at the beginning helping to sort of run the lounge network and yeah. help. I still concept. love that
1: LaGuardia Lounge. I was there for the opening dinner years ago. That was such an exciting time. I'm excited for all the new ones coming up in what, Denver and Phoenix and... I, I always try to get to, to needle for information. <laughs> I don't think I'm getting it today. No, you're not going to get it today. But, but, <laughs> but destination wise, where have you not been that you're, you're dying to go? Ah,
2: that's a great question. OK, top of mind, India. India. I've never have been to India before.
1: I went once years ago to Goa in Mumbai, but it was like for a quick event in and out. I'm actually going this December for two weeks.
2: So I'm sure you have some tips that uh, yeah, you can I share will definitely, with me. I'll
1: definitely be able to give after, but I'm so excited to spend several weeks. We actually, part of, one of the organizations we work with is called Peace Jam, and it's 14 Nobel Peace Prize winners. And actually it started out with points for peace. where We were donating our Amex points because we use our business gold card to do all of our Facebook spend. So we actually fly Nobel Peace Prize winners to kids around the world. To basically build, similar to like YM to build a network of kids who want to be the next generation of you know nonviolent leaders. So we take the teachings of the Dalai Lama, and in India, the first ever Indian laureate is Kailash Satyarthi, and he is amazing. I'm actually going to spend Christmas at his ashram out in uh, northern India. He won the Nobel Peace Prize for helping to stop child slavery in India. And him and his wife are the most, I get chills thinking no, about I, them. They've saved 90,000 kids from slavery. Right, but and that
2: sounds, ama- that sounds amazing, just uh, really am-
1: amazing. So I will give you lots of tips from my trip there. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining Talking Points. If you could end on a final note, if there's someone listening that maybe doesn't have an Amex card or maybe has thoughts in their head, you know, the card too high of a credit score to get it or... You know, they're just not thinking about Amex. What would you say to someone why they would want to get an Amex card?
2: It's going to come back to what we've been talking about all along. We have your back. We're going to have your back. And we're there for you both in those big moments and those small everyday moments. And it's all about service, security, and that trusting relationship, that human connection that we were just talking about. That's why if you don't have an American Express card, you need to have one.
1: Sold. Elizabeth (laughs) Rutledge, thank you so much for joining Talking Points. You are an inspiration as a leader in the industry, so thank you for all you're doing for not just Amex, but all of the organizations you support.
2: Thanks so much for having me. really enjoyed it.
1: That's it for this episode of Talking Points. I'm your host, Brian Kelly. And once again, a huge thank you to Elizabeth Rutledge and her team at American Express who made this happen. And also to my amazing podcast team, Margaret Kelly, Caroline Shagrin, and my super awesome assistant, Christine Matsui. Thank you so much for everything you do for me. That's it for this episode. Safe travels.